0: Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're covering season four, episode 10, Star Mort, Rick of the Jerry. Here's Aaron with the recap.
1: In this season four finale episode, we find out that Beth was in fact cloned last season, one version stayed and became a more grounded mom version of herself, while one left Earth and became a cyborg renegade fighter for galactic freedom. Is this latter version has come back to Rick demanding answers? Which is a real Beth? Which is the clone? Does it even matter? What if we have a Schrodinger's Beth type situation and nobody wants to open the box? So, Jim, we've seen the season finale, Star Mort Return of the Jeri. What did you think? Uh, here's your serialization.
0: You wanted it. You got it. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I don't know. I'm I'm I really enjoyed the episode. I'm torn on how to feel about it because this is at least the second time that they've sort of dodged a question without actually answering it, which is like back in the first episode of season three. They do this with uh, Rick's history with his family, right? They they have him tell us that he goes through this whole song and dance about. You know who his family was and how they died and all this stuff uh and then it turns out that that may have been a ruse or it may have been partially true who knows uh, they have like a, a pattern that's starting to emerge when they have these big questions that the audience wants answers to they sort of half answer them and half say we're not going to give you a definitive answer and that's not the point uh and i'm torn on it i'm like Trying to figure out if I admire that strategy or if I think that's a bit of a cop out.
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I guess I uh, took it in a different direction. I thought that this was, you um, know, in terms of like uh, almost mythic storytelling. Um, and man, this is like, I feel like I've gone way off the deep end for a goddamn space cartoon. <laughs> um, but I think in like, terms of like. Um, losing like like uh paradise lost uh you know Adam and Eve uh, eating of the f- the fruit of of knowledge and then you know turning against God and God to have to curse them like like is in eventually origin stories of, of of fathers and children and whatnot that this is a really interesting like we're asked to say we're asked to look at, at Rick and condemn him for being a shitty father for not even being able, being willing to like make a choice regarding his daughter's happiness mm-hmm. but like there's a really interesting philosoph- philosophical uh, angle there of, you know, um, th- th- like the, the only way to give her free will is to like split this up, make sure that even he doesn't know which one is the real one, which one's not the real one, uh-huh. um, if, if that even matters and then set them fr- and then that way he can't possibly prejudge the decision that either of them made and um, and I guess it all hinges on whether you believe that spinal implant is more of a reconciliation device or an exploding device for the one that regrets the decision. Um, Uh because if, if it's a reconciliation where if like space pirate Beth decides, you know what, this was the wrong path. I left, I'm left empty and hollow. I really regret not being a mom. She could return to earth and instantly get all of those memories. And then both versions of her would absolutely know which one was the more successful happy path. Hmm. And I I mean, damn, don't you wish that you had that opportunity? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. That's (laughs) sort of a redo on uh, certain aspects of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you like you take both roads and, and, and live both lives. And then at the end, merge them back together and decide. And you've got both like even if you liked one better, you've got them both like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's an impossible thing to give your child. But, like, if you were able to give your child that, it feels like love to me? Or am I fucked up? I don't yeah, know. no,
0: it's tough because Beth is directly asking him not to do that, right? She's asking him to make the fucking choice because it's not about, like, oh, is she going to live a happier life if she's a clone or if she's gone? But what does Rick, what does Rick actually care about her like that's the big yeah. question does he want her there or does he want her gone and she wants like, a definitive fucking answer and right. he completely
1: dodges the question by cloning her yeah I mean you're right but like I also think if that's if, if he's her father that's something he should do like he <laughs> you might like, not be wrong your, even it's if just... your child comes to you in tears and says you know I don't know how to run my life father take my life out of my you tell me what to do and I'll do it uh-huh. like that's a broken person that needs to be built back up that's not that's not someone like tapping out and saying like yeah i'm yeah I, so I, I don't know like um yeah but when so the f- broken person is that way because you broke them and and they're asking you <laughs> sure. to unbreak
0: them by giving them a definitive answer about how they feel about you i think the correct thing to do there is not to obfuscate and and just do an in run around the whole question in its entirety
1: because that's just going to prolong the problem is it wrong to because like I think that it can be both like this if this is in fact a dodge it's one of the most artful dodges of all time um, yeah uh, because like it's a Do- it's a dodge that has a lot of interesting questions and teeth and oh yeah I think um, if I'm hearing you right it's like this show sometimes feels like it's really twirling us around as a dance partner and kind of like getting us breathless and 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 confused um, and eventually that routine might wear out but like i don't because I, I almost feel like that this show is trying to say some non-conventional things about families and family units and what what makes things you know like like push back against some traditional um you know full house type wholesome yeah. bullshit like the, this this um aspirational familyhood that no one can attain to and every everyone feels bad about falling short of mm-hmm. um like this is more of kind of like hey most of us came from families and homes with like trauma and, and people that uh, have regret for the way things have happened. And maybe they're too proud to say it. But what if, what if our families had godlike powers to change that dynamic? Um, Would that be good, bad? Like (laughs) I, and I I think the answer is, I don't know. Um, And it's certainly bad for Rick because it does feel like, um, this is a lot of his misery. Um And maybe the family's even as, as starting to outgrow him. A lot of his misery is, is wrapped into this feeling like he has to be the one in control. Um, yeah. And yeah, the fact that he like pulls that like it's almost like he goes to fire a weapon at the end and it's empty because he found out at the end that he didn't even make a decision here so he didn't have control in the first place and his famous prediction about the only thing this <laughs> the only thing this film can tell us this, this mind blower can tell us is you're a dick uh-huh. and we already know that <laughs> and it's like he opens up a present that from the future that says congratulations you're a dick I yeah, yeah. I, I keep I keep talking myself into it more and more <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
0: I don't have to be talked uh, to very long before I realize that Rick's a dick. Uh, You know, I I think everybody's been on that train for a while. It's just how much of a dick and is he ever going to change? And I think those are the exciting things, I guess, about this series because everybody wants to like Rick,
1: Uh uh,
0: but but you're kind of forced not to by his actions.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting because, like, now going forward, if we've got, um, yeah, like, what kind of role do you think... Space Pirate Beth will play in the Smith family. Is she going to essentially morph into like the cool aunt that they never had? That's interesting. I haven't even considered that because, uh, Cause, I mean, cause they all just kind of.
0: They're a family unit now without Rick, right? So I guess where and even Rick's go? still there.
1: It's just that he doesn't have any power over them anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, buying space cigarettes to the, the buy off the kid's affection, that's <laughs> that's totally a Space Pirate aunt move. Oh, yeah you know but i guess it also could be a a a strange space pirate mom move too but i i I feel like that's interesting to see because um you know one thing we learned this episode is the kids and beth are still going to dr wong which we were kind of hoping for last season like that seemed like a really healthy development for them yeah and uh it's like they even brought jerry like jerry's on board with those fucking puppets (laughs) saves the day with those puppets (laughs) he sure did it's fantastic were you worried when you saw this title um star mort or rick turn of the Jerry, that this is going to be especially when I, I read the description you know it's got that broed out drunken 20 college kid yeah. vibe to it but like it seemed like it was going to be all about jerry and we've long said that that's the one thing the show might struggle to sustain is like a solo jerry episode mm-hmm. and i'm like oh man i wonder if they're going for that but um I don't know. Even Jerry got a chance to be cool, even while he was in the depths of his lameness, too. Huh? Yeah, no, it was it was a pretty
0: good episode for Jerry. I mean, you know, it's it's occasionally Jerry comes through uh, in his own idiotic ways. And this is one of those instances
1: (laughs) i love the ball the accidental ball tap while he was uh, uh, jerry was groping for his invisibility <laughs> <belt>. <laughs> just justin Rowan's vocal performance of getting uh that slight like like it's it's gonna it, it's uh you get racked and it's all consuming pain yeah you get the tap and it's almost like pain on a uh, it's a weird delay thing it's a promise of pain yeah <laughs> yeah i don't like how does the plumbing support that like is there some kind of buffer in your testicles that's like oh boy there's a lot of pain it's going, to, it's going to transmit in a single quantum packet it's going to take 10 seconds to assemble like what the fuck it gives you time to prep for it which i yeah. appreciate yeah really you to, to, you to know, gird to get... your loins for the pain <laughs> i just thought the, the vote the invisible vocal performance on that was 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 pretty nice and
0: then, then the the invisible garbage truck thing at the end i, I really love the stinger uh yeah it's it, okay that's probably the best uh original song in this season of rick and Morty, in my opinion
1: Invisible <laughs> garbage truck jerry it's uh-huh. a new franchise until he runs out of gas <laughs> right. that's, that's exactly what happens he can't find the ga- uh-huh yeah because you know i don't it, it's uh it'd be tar- hard enough to fill up your own ga- car with gas uh and you know what a gas tank is, but on a dump truck, where's the gas where's the gas nozzle, Jim? Do you I, know? I don't know. And I, it's not like I can look at it and see what model truck right. it is and look it up. It's
0: Right. Yeah. How, how am I
1: gonna do that? Yeah, it's it's uh I, I don't think they're standardized. I, I bet there's the I bet yeah. there's all kinds of crazy places. Last time I rented a moving truck, I filled the the gas tank with some kind of complicated assembly that was part of the door frame. Okay, yeah, like the door frame like flipped out and became a fuel receptacle. Wow, good luck finding that on your invisible truck, yeah, that's not gonna happen, so yeah, but uh good and the the thing about the jokes in this episode is I thought they were really funny, like not only are they funny on their own uh on their own right but they also like effortlessly launched some new thing in the episode like uh you know rick trying to get out of therapy by disintegration launched the whole invisibility belt b plot Mm -hmm. um and that launched a whole bunch of other things like you know rick or like morty and summer going around creeping on people um but uh like every single one like even the the, the 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 reveal of there's like the spinal explosive transmitter thing in Beth's neck was also ostensibly this funny bit about like a drug addicted doctor uh voiced by Dan Harmon which which I really enjoyed too right in the uh, very beginning yeah. yeah 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 so no it's good and I love
0: the i mean some of the jokes I just love like the tiny big man junior belt is really <laughs> hilarious uh and just you know the the hoodwinky he, he pulls on Summer, but then the stuff with the Wrangler jeans was just hilarious to me. Like the, the the essentially the exhaust port on this Death Star being the laser if you put jeans in it, uh-huh. and how the the marketing of the jeans is the most important thing, and it's the flaw. Uh-huh. And like <laughs> I don't know that whole everything they were doing with the jeans and like the the discussion of the jeans and the, the inevitable uh, plot turn of the jeans. It's all great.
1: Yeah, no. I they've been doing some interesting things about marketing this this season. Like when they had the yeah. time train about like you know buy the time train, go to time Buy it. Not buying the time train is an act of buying it. <laughs> uh, this this idea of like well this is this this oh seriously these cotton jeans are more powerful than this laser can destroy a pl- vaporize a planet and they're like yeah but it's 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 marketing. It's like well that's stupid. It's like but you're talking about it. <laughs> right. I'm like damn it, you're right. That it, it, it affected me. I thought that was just really uh it's just it's it's hilarious that you you'd be able to disable a device like that and there's also i think something about the the death star gunner in this case having a complicated history of boys without pants yeah that's and, and like this this was the one flaw like it's like um there, there's something about the uh, like like human hacking or 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 uh, human vulnerabilities that 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 you know, it's like you don't have an external Death Star exhaust, but now you got marketing and uh, people's inborn foibles working against you. Yeah. That's the new thermal exhaust port. I thought this just something really funny about that. Uh, I really like all of the special abilities that Rick shows
0: in this episode. Mm. Um, you know, from stuff that I guess we should have always seen coming with the portal gun. It can open multiple portals and he can shoot projectiles through that and he can kill everyone uh in in the ships i thought that was really cool uh and then the the heart armor i thought was hilarious you know it's so cool obviously they're just making shit up when they need it and it's fun Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i I really enjoyed it uh and then that fight with phoenix person is pretty fucking amazing both from like an action standpoint and an animation standpoint
1: Oh yeah, and they they lampshade it like uh, when he steps in, is like, ah, oh, don't like the looks of this big fight chamber. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's it, kind of it, like I'm know, like calling I, back to
0: the the shit. What is the Last Jedi or the one before it, maybe? Uh uh-huh. uh where the, essentially Snoke's entire chamber is bright red. Oh right. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's clearly designed for a physical confrontation. Right. Nobody can um, stay in that room for more than 3 seconds but it looks cool during a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the like the Bespin carbon freezing chambers yeah. is an ocean <laughs> right. nightmare. Like people yeah. work do industrial on this this rickety ass platform <laughs> Loose with sharp edges this. everywhere, no handrails. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Steam sprayed in your face. Yeah. But I thought, like, when they did that, like, oh, they're calling attention to this, like, awesome thing, but then it's going to be a lame battle. But it was fucking wild. Plus, like um phoenix person seems like he's got some genuine antipathy towards rick at this point like when yeah. rick's saying i always wondered who would win in a fight to the death and Bird person's like <laughs> or phoenix person i guess is like that's because you were always a bad friend uh-huh. it's just hilarious and true yeah. and just like fucking akira shit they're doing to each other yeah. uh I love Rick getting gutted and like taking a drink and the alcohol just kind of spilling into his like <laughs> robo innards. Um ah, it's so it's it's so good. Uh and and he and Beth's fight
0: were were was actually pretty good too. Uh yeah. You know, the the little uh laser shield he puts up and the the mm-hmm. Pokemon-esque battle that they have. Yep. Uh yeah, and I, I'm trying to figure out like what is Beth's ability to sort of phase through things like there's there's one point where beth has beth kick her in the head to phase out of her restraints
1: and i don't know exactly what they're doing it feels like that's riffing a little bit on the ant-man versus the wasp i think yeah there's like some kind of ghost bug that can phase in and out of of matter and 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 do stuff like that and there might there also might be like a brief like time shift to it too i don't know okay But uh, it's a really cool like Mecca Beth is fucking Badass she's well on her way to being Rick I also like that honestly This uh, idea that like Beth Set out to outdo her father um, Which is not not super healthy Behavior and she largely has And this um, You know this is like one of the like Rick's going Through one of these uh, because he chides Beth on being so Idealistic and doing all the Star Wars he shit He's like yeah I grew out of my Like hero phase and then he settles into his kind of anti-hero phase and it seems like that that's what an anti-hero does until the next logical move of the villain is oh well we understand you're this unstoppable threat but if we leave you alone yeah you won't get off your ass to do anything else. Cause you don't want to be hassled. So that's your weakness. Yeah. And like his eye kind of twitched when he realized that he <laughs> has just been nerfed. He's nerfed himself because he's wrapped himself in this apathetic armor. of I don't give a fuck. And then that unleashes the beast. Like now he's like all up in the new and approved galactic empire or federations business. And he's fucking shit up again. Um, and yeah. I thought, that was it's it's funny because he's decrying beth for outgrow like needing that grow a moral phase that well, so what is it so after an after an anti-hero is pushed back i guess there's a one, one, two things they can either go like pure just unironically good you mm-hmm. know like han solo going from uh you know shooting first to being the guy who's ready to lay down his life for the galaxy or they go into like full-on villain mode yeah which might be fun to see Rick just experiment with just like pure villainy for a season. Yeah. And now that we have a Mecha Beth, you you might be able
0: to get away with that and not have it just destroy everyone and everything in this universe. Yeah. I
1: was just thinking like what would what pure villainous Rick look like? Because I don't like at this point in their development, I don't know The Summer and Morty would go along with that. Yeah,
0: but he would figure out a way to twist whatever they do want into something that's going to hurt them. Like, I Mm. I don't know. I mean, I think back to the Netflix episode um, Mm. where Rick, the links Rick was willing to go to and able to go to to prevent Morty from getting a Netflix contract. Uh, He has a way
1: of sort of turning whatever desire you have against you. So yeah um, and it's the thing is I, I don't like that but I'm like oh yeah the thing is if Rick goes pure evil then he actually would be evil to his family and I guess I'm oh used, yeah. that's the reason that's the, the kind of defines as anti-hero is that he has limits but like if he goes through a season of not having any then he can just be like <laughs> the biggest irredeemable bastard and I guess then the interesting thing would be like how do you redeem him yeah um, yeah you know have like Rick being the main antagonist for a season and Beth is like you know the pirate version of her is the ultimate protagonist that'd be yeah I, guess, yeah, I guess that'd be interesting. Um, like Rick reconstitutes Bird Person and Bird Person already hates him, his guts, and they work with that and they just become this evil alliance. I don't know. That might be fun. Could be. Uh, I don't know why, but I thought it's very funny. The concept that if you're in a Death Star, you can use the whole place as a toilet. There's no need to show respect or be civilized. Uh-huh. It's like if you're like an allied troop and you're liberating like a nazi death camp just take a shit in the nazis beds man who cares <laughs> uh-huh. there's no rules like i just really think like there's always <laughs> these gleaming black metal obsidian things and you know like it would drive him crazy right just like when you're in the middle of your rebel assault piss in the corners yeah i fucking I fucking love that. I'm going to be thinking about that in every single movie. When someone's storming the evil guy's base, uh, people should just be pissing in the corners. I bet their regiment doesn't it.
0: include any janitors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just it's a death star, Morty. It, it's a best case scenario. gets blown up at the end of this worst case scenario. We lose and their janitorial staff is real bummed out after they clean up our piss and shit. <laughs> right. it's, it's a, it's a win, 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 you know, <laughs> Do you think there's anything in the Rick's premonition of him dying in Venice to a at the hands of a dwarf in a raincoat? No, but it is funny. Yeah, I just wonder if like sometimes I think, and I think it can go either way in the show. Like, uh yeah. Harmon and Royland can be like, oh, you know what? It'd be so funny if we put ourselves in that handcuff to where if Rick dies. He, there has it has to be in venice and it has to involve a, a improbable dwarf in a raincoat uh-huh. uh but i also like it's such a ridiculous it's kind of like that train story train episode where they have all this like fucking cool stuff that then just be like hey wasn't that cool it's not canon it also like the the way they treat that shit it's like it could go either way mm-hmm. because it's i guess it's like just his fucking like why does he think that did he have a dream was there was a tarot card reading that went wrong did he? Did he try to make some kind of dev's future prediction machine once, and and got scared by what he saw? Like, where where did that that where did that death primitive those death crystals? You keep a death crystal in his pocket. and He's been looking at it in his spare time. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I consider Rick a to be very
0: honest with himself, and so it doesn't strike me as like just something he thought about his proclivities, and yeah. thought about who he is, and said this is probably how I'll die. No, he probably had a machine tell yeah. him like i think you're yeah. right he, he wrote some prediction algorithm put it into a robot and
1: yeah how to predict his death there's also something interesting i thought i saw in uh phoenix person's like summation of the smith family he says it fascinates me that an entire family can be this critical and suck this much which i interpreted as like the, the whole point of being hypercritical would be to like relentlessly self-improve. Like you can imagine, like the Borg is a pretty uh, self-critical entity, you know, like if there's an imperfection in it, it seeks to improve it. And it it like hones itself as razor's edge of perfection and it goes around smashing everything. Right. Yeah. Um, But like bird person is like, so like the only positive thing of being this hypercritical would be to have like some kind of ruthless engine of efficiency to call upon. And yet you guys are all hypercritical and entirely dysfunctional and capable of doing anything uh at any kind of high professional level man i, uh, I feel that so hard though i, I
0: that's my mood 95 percent <laughs> of the time is just jesus why can't i get my shit together i know all the things yeah. i'm doing wrong why can't i just do them
1: right yeah it, it, yeah it doesn't work like that when you're broken <laughs> Why, why can't i just string together some perfect days man and right. i can just keep doing that forever and ever and i just be perfect yeah it's that easy i know what's it's, wrong just fix it yeah man yeah I, nah. you're talking you're talking my language <laughs> uh the the last thing
0: that I really wanted to talk about is the tough act that they left for themselves to follow after um the auto erotic assimilation episode with unity because uh, mm. they're, they're really going for an emotional beat here at the end and I feel it yeah but man I don't feel it as hard as I felt it in that episode and they just really set a high fucking bar. In season two, episode three, and now here we are, almost two full seasons later, and I just man, how are they ever going to get to that high again?
1: That's a good point because one of the things that made that such a fucking bummer of a scene it was number one, it's like uh, the the chaos chaos song was a legit banger. Yeah, that's true. Um, with like an emo, a legit emo banger. And number two, like Rick was in this like self-destructive drunken phase where he would do things like these these like wildly self-destructive things to the point where, you know, he was this close to killing himself, except for there's a race between a self-destructive tendency and the alcohol in his brain killing brain cells. And it turns out the latter process won. There's a race condition and that one and he passed out right as his head is going to be evaporated. At the end of season four... Like, it's almost like Rick understands that going there is a mistake. So it's not as it's not as showy and like, God damn. Yeah. But it's also possibly just as bleak. Sure. Because here's a man with nothing, not even the gumption to do a sci-fi Rube Goldberg device to kill himself mm-hmm. in um, every dimension. Yeah. 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 And every, and like, yeah. in every dimension. And I, I also wonder if, um, I don't know. Cause like I, I said that this is the, you know, like, uh, my analysis, the, my super med analysis of the Dodge is like, you know, Rick thinks he's a, he's a terrible father, but like, again, if you're judging him by a being that tries for the first time in human history to give your offspring a legit, like moral choice, it is like uh like a like a modern creation story so maybe yeah uh there's this like warring like he's like that's why I go back to this the show I feel like it's trying to say something about like modern families um and maybe it's like um, because because to go back to what I was talking about with like the my the, my Full House thing, like when I was growing up, you had two models of families. You had like Full House Family Matters, where like you know maybe there's some sar- some light sarcasm, but everybody loved everybody. Everyone you know had a moral problem that could be solved within a 25 minute arc. And, you know, everything could be solved by a group hug or a group laugh that got freeze-framed at the end. Mm -hmm. And then you had Married with Children and Simpsons, (laughs) which said that family is actually all about dysfunction and we're joined together by our dysfunction and reinforce our dysfunctions. And, like, Rick and Morty is like a new type, which is like, all right, we clearly... By and large, as Americans, more resemble the Bundys and the Simpsons than we do you know the Tanners and the Winslows hmm. um but maybe we don't have to revel and like support each other and our our craptitude. maybe we can like like come together and forgive each other and show empathy and try to be better, yeah um which I think is really cool because you know it's uh. It's like, a, it's like it's like it's an evolution of that kind of thing like for the first thing is to like the not be represented at all because like you know in the days of leave it to beaver us dysfunctional families uh just had nothing to go on but we're we're shitty uh <laughs> and oh, then yeah. you have rep- you didn't have representation but it's kind of like just like point and laugh haha. and then you've got like you know rick and morty which is trying to bend the curve back to i i don't know there's no, not, no I, that's the I I think you're right. I think
0: you hit on something um, about this show. Is it, you know, I don't think we've gotten to its ultimate conclusion yet. Obviously we've got quite a few more seasons left, uh, six of them, but it does feel like this show throughout its entirety has reinforced the idea that uh, yes, this family is broken, but they're working towards something better. Like every time we have an honest conversation between Beth and Rick, it comes down to the idea that, Beth wants his family to be better, um, mm-hmm. and and I think Rick wants himself to be better, and and you see that occasionally, and he's disappointed in himself when he's not better, uh, and he does things to hurt people. Ultimately, this is going to be a long struggle for him, but I think this is kind of a way forward um, for for families, or it provides a light at the end of the tunnel. Right? It's it's not saying, you know, like the married with childrens or whatever, that this family is just irrevocably broken and that we should give in to that right and just be be that um and be that to whatever family you might go out and start uh be that to the other people in your life instead we can have a uh, a dialogue open communication uh examine the problems and then f- try and fix them and and that's something you don't get in either of those married with children or full house scenarios right because i don't i don't think full house really gives you a whole lot of real problems it's always Mm. like oh dj went out with the wrong person and now her boyfriend's a little bit jealous that's that's fine but it's still fucking minor it's not at the root of any problems whereas this show gets to the root of some of these problems yeah
1: or they do something like they will have a real problem like dj does drugs or uh Mm. fucking um uh, uh urkel gets molested by the auto mechanic next door. Oh, I missed and that like, episode. <laughs> you know, and but those, you know what I'm saying? Like, but those yeah, those yeah. episodes, they like it's it's confined to that one thirty minutes, and then it's never spoken about again. Yeah, which there's just no really- journey portrayed. Yeah, when they go through a real tough problem, there's no acknowledge that that changes, transforms people, um, yeah. and like impacts their life. It's just like, oh, it's just something you get together and you accept everyone and you love it, and then you you, you go back to having the group hug at the end and everything's fine. And it's like you have as- aspirational, delusional families in entertainment, and then you have yeah. these kind of like nihilistic families, and now this is like a realistic one. Like you know, if you find yourself in a family of fucked up people, don't give up. There's there's hope that yeah. people can learn, change, and grow um and i don't know i'm really digging that just like you know this meditation on um like giving up being the hero like Mm -hmm. it does seem like that is what we like to tell ourselves um that like you get older and you find out that it's 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 pointless to try to kick against the system um and you might as well eventually just kind of give up and you know uh retreat into selfishness uh or you know disconnect from society whatever and i don't know that is that actually true is that something that we're all doomed to it's kind of like um you know it's also said that uh, we're like we're i guess these ge- post boomer generations are questioning things that we've been told like oh, hey yeah are you going to, as soon as you marry your woman, are you going to stop having sex and fall out of love? Is that just the way it has to be? Are you even going to get married in the first place? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like there's all these things that we're like reevaluating, like how we feel about our jobs, how we feel about our families, how we feel about our, our wives and our careers and all that kind of stuff. And I wonder if this is their take at like, uh, um, you know how we feel about people that are really invested in you know doing good or doing charity work or doing you know activists and do, do you always have to give up because it does seem like if you look there's plenty of examples of people who have been doing this their whole life mm-hmm. Um, you know they're not usually rich and super powerful but uh, they do seem to be enjoying their life and it seems to be rich and rewarding so maybe you don't have to give up those dreams ever that's yeah, tough because the show um, has these
0: characters in a perpetual state of mm. frozen uh, physical growth. so it's yeah. it's something where like solving these types of problems can be very difficult when you know you're you're Morty's age and mm-hmm. and you got a broken family. and by the time you're out of the house, you haven't dealt with as many of these issues um, as you mm. probably should have or need to. Whereas in Rick and Morty, they can sort of freeze everybody in that family and say, we're going to work through all of this. It's going to take 10 years, but it's going to happen. But in the real world, people don't get through all those things. They go out, they make their own families and they repeat a lot of those mistakes. And it's it's kind of cyclical in that way. But like, I I guess I I don't know, I'm trying to figure out where rick and morty is going to be beneficial for people and i think it's it may just be pointing out like the dysfunction and and saying hey try and work through this stuff
1: yeah and i know like there's one thing that's made a big difference uh it's funny because i feel like one thing that's been a big difference in like my generation my parents generation and then younger generations even more so is the normalization of like getting help with like mental health yeah yeah um and to counselors and therapists and what i think is I see a lot of is people like, okay, fine. I want to get help. I want to go see somebody. And then they go and they find out it's real, you know, um, it's expensive. Uh, the insurance options are confusing. Maybe the insurance options are not there. Maybe there's not as many providers in your areas you would want. Um, you know also therapists are kind of like car mechanics they shitty ones uh, yeah. and there's ones that are work better on particular models of cars than others and it's like you know just kind of like I think we're now realizing um, you know Gen Xers Millennials and Zoomers like oh shit yeah we should go out and get help but man it's a lot harder than we thought and yeah. maybe we need to do something about that in society um, but yeah like I do think that like you know like normalizing a family going to a therapist um, normalizing families like like, like um, in non-heated moments like talking ab- over issues and like supporting each other and like hey you know instead of withdrawing like how many times have we had seen Rick and Morty t- give some version of like hey instead of withdrawing into your own head and your universe why don't you just talk to me yeah. why don't we talk about these feelings and it's always kind of a jokey kind of way mm-hmm. but like you know it still normalizes that kind of uh and, and even if you engage in it in like a form of mockery as a family it probably would help you out yeah <laughs> like yeah. instead of just going there and having a meltdown if you just started like uh, like ironically uh, quoting rick and morty you will defuse <laughs> the situation and probably have some genuine insights yeah, it comes with a better understanding of each other, certainly. Whereas like that's different from The Simpsons, right? Like oh, pantomiming yeah. uh Homer choking Bart is not going to help any any family situation out. No. You know? Um so yeah, I don't know. Fuck. It's got it's pretty pretty deep talk for the <laughs> cartoon about space farts. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, let's do feedback. Uh yeah, we're gonna have uh I imagine that uh when season five comes back uh if the schedule permits it that uh i would love to to, to give the, the show further coverage because mm-hmm. i continue to enjoy um talking about it continues to make me laugh and i do think it's one of those sneaky kind of serious shows that um is uh, is good to talk about and pe- people really enjoy so that's our plan uh just see how it goes yeah. see how it goes keep follow keep keep subscribe to the feed uh follow us uh at at bald move for for future details we do have a little bit of feedback that came in on our hotline rick and morty at baldmove.com first up from avid podcast listener it's the best hive uh, at some point near the end of your review for Chilled Rick of Mort, Jim questions whether all this bro talk has been a recurring gimmick in the episode descriptions, or are they handiwork of some demented intern at Amazon, or perhaps Mr. Royland himself? As uh-huh. a card-carrying Apple sycophant, uh, you have your card. You have that card too, right, Jim? I like, uh, I feel I like you guys are both in that mem- that, that that same club. Uh-huh. I've chosen iTunes as the digital pro- uh, platform through which I purchase Rick and Morty and many of my other favorite shows. Uh, man, I do need to get an affiliate account set up, dude. We we could have got you a couple bucks there. I can confirm that the iTunes episodes also seem to have been described by the same 21-year-old eager to tell a cool story to his frat bros. It appears to me that these episodes come from the factory with the desired descriptions included by the show's creators. Um, yeah, I think that's, I don't know why, but I think it's the bit. I think it's the bit is all of the episode descriptions are essentially just uh, a college co-ed Trying to tell you about the episode in between holding bong hits <laughs> like <laughs> burble, 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 inhale, 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 <sighs> bro, bro, this one, this one is man, a lot of Jerry in it. You, you guys see this and the whole family got involved, bro. <laughs> you know, it's like that's sure. that you're supposed to read them in that accent. OK, uh, uh IMDb not sticking with that trend. So I was confused. Oh, They give they give like honest. To God, what is full, the yeah, what's, full synopsis? interesting i wonder if imdb like sources it from the viewers or the i uh, think so yeah yeah because there's no way like it's obviously what cartoon network's providing seems like it anyway this avid podcast listener says uh i enjoy pretty much everything involved in the Baldwin universe and delighted you were able to continue to podcast after the mid-season hiatus keep up the great work thanks we're gonna try we're going to we're gonna promise to try like season five comes back we're five shows deep Oof, it's gonna be pretty rough season five comes back and we're 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 open then it's looking good uh arnaud with this whole covid thing i kind of lost track of time and the next thing i knew there was new episodes of rick and morty out there i watched never rick and morty and loved it but instantly was confused by some of the jokes and the thought oh i wish they hadn't canceled pickle me this who's going to explain <laughs> all these meta jokes and then i watched pretty uh, proto mortius and the vat and i was like oh i might as well give it a shot headed back to the ball move website and was shocked to find out you guys are back yeah, we're back. You found out better, better late than, than never. This is uh, the worst place to proclaim we're back, but we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're c- certainly back. Tell it now we're from going the, away the in, and, and he just
0: found us. We're back and we're gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, where we popped in, uh, we lined up in your dimension very briefly, and now we're torn back to our own. Uh, anyway, it made me so happy to decide to reach out and share the love and give some feedback by the same occasion. I remember that one of your fears for the show on Pickle Me This would, do, it would just become a collection of, oh, this was funny or, oh, that was funny type moments. But uh, rest assured, I wouldn't be listening if it was. Your knowledge of pop culture and Harmontown allowed me to get even more references. And it's great to hear someone talk about the characters. It gives me permission to be grossed out by Rick. Uh, hashtag vat of acid. So thank you for that. This podcast is funny and useful. Very high praise, man. I really appreciate it. Um I don't know, I just really like what Harmon and Royland are doing here. And like it's been a real delight this year to see how much more Dan Harmon is doing vocally. Like he's doing yeah. anywhere between 3 and 6 performances every uh episode and like in just the same way you can tell like a Justin Royland voice yeah you know nine times out of ten like you can they're they're all like takes on dan Harmon. he's not exactly a man of a thousand voices but he puts a lot of character into it sure uh like that dude just with the banal situation of not being able to remember beth's beth smith's forgettable you know name yeah like john you know john wick uh it's like just just beth smith like it it is it's the blandest name you can think of and she's this intergalactic hero like that performance of him like oh god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry it's just such a forgettable name and i <laughs> yeah. i think that's that this is just really fucking hilarious it's no uh, no luke skywalker yeah i wonder if uh harman's doing more of the vocal side to give justin a little bit more time to break away to do work on solar opposites could be or maybe maybe he's just i I know that once he stopped the podcast he started getting into like doing um like songs and like playing around with like vocal mixers and stuff so like maybe he's just like really geeked out about uh, doing voice work now yeah i know i enjoy it yeah me too uh, so, yeah, I, I have no idea how much longer it's going to be for season five. Like, it seems like there's a whole bunch of hiatusing going on here um, and a lot of stuff that's, you know, obviously got interrupted by the whole covid deal. Um, we are reacting to that by going back to season nine of The Walking Dead mm-hmm. and doing episode by episode rewatches of that. To, you know, we stopped doing The Walking Dead because it got super stupid uh, at the end of season eight. And but you know all of TV is canceled, so we're we're doing doing the Walking Dead, and I'm having honestly I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, Sure. (laughs) It kind of feels nice to have Walking Dead to kick around anymore. Uh So if like some 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 highly ironic tongue in cheek uh, discussion of the Walking Dead would interest you, we're doing that over on our Walking Dead feed. uh, Watching Dead. Yeah, that's dropping next week. Yeah, first up next week. Really, Shoot, man, I forgot it was. It's literally dropping next week. We also have Bald Move Pulp and Bald Move Prestige, which are our two kind of catch-all feeds. Uh, If something is prestige, like a premium cable drama or an Oscar-winning film, uh, conversations of that type go in the prestige feed. And if it's stuff that involves lasers and robots and ninjas and superheroes um, and farting dick jokes, it goes into uh, Bald Move Pulp. Um, which you might be listening to our uh, Rick and Morty uh, Pickle Me This episodes uh, on that if you've already subscribed to that but I do encourage people to at least subscribe to whichever is their favorite Pulp or Prestige or maybe both if you like both because that's, that's how you stay stay up with everything that Bald Moves doing and we got a lot of stuff later on this year that's uh, up for grabs Fargo is going to return One of these days uh, We're looking We're really excited About the um, uh, James Bond movie That's coming out uh, Tenet That movie uh, yeah. Excited to see that um, There's also Just tons of uh, The TV that we're Waiting to come back Like I said Fargo and others So Follow us at Bald Move. Uh, Subscribe to our pulp and prestige feeds. Uh, Keep your ears to the ground for Rick and Morty season five. Uh, Wherever we see you, we hope to see you back soon. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Pickle Me This is
0: distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at baldmove. See you next time.